Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. You got no business messing with my score. You, of all people, know it's all about the price. That was my bane. Well, it was better than your Fennec Shan, that's for sure. Hello and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CTO831, but you can call me Hugs. And this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 9, titled Bounty Lost. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we all get experimented on inside some green tubes, uh, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's much taller than a Jawa, much smaller than Jabba, but just as entertaining as Jar Jar, he's CT1231, also known as Edit. Sup, Batch? How you doing? <laughs> I was like, where, where were you for a second? You took a while to get there. How you do- I'm doing I was good. running late. so Pause for dramatic hey. effect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and there's a lot of pause for dramatic effect in this episode. Uh, and rounding out our small battalion, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT1006, but you can call him Joints. Reporting for duty. I wish... I wish our listeners could see you blowing that smoke out of your mouth just now. It was like it lo- coming out the side of your mouth. I'm like, that's how joints would do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's friggin' sick. Yeah. Uh, almost <sighs> as if you had like some sort of like, you know, breathing apparatus on the side of your face. Kind of like uh, a certain bounty hunter that we saw in this episode. Maybe that's how he would blow. I don't know. Well, I also uh, think the smoke is reminiscent of the planet that we visit in this oh episode. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Justin, that misty, mistiness. Mm. Uh, I was just trying to set the mood. I yes, love it. I love, love it. it. How, are my, how are my assets doing this week? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Yeah. I'm busy, yeah. but uh, doing well. It has yeah, been I'm doing busy. good. It's been a busy, busy time for uh, Geek Centric in general. We've got a lot of stuff going on that we're so stoked for you to get to listen to, and hopefully you already have listened to. But, uh, guys, we have some really interesting things that happened this week's episode. But before we blast off in our flight pods, uh, let me get your high-level thoughts on the episode itself. Edit, uh, why don't you start us off this week? This episode, uh, above all the other episodes, had a sense of urgency to it. Uh, you know, mm. getting back Omega, uh, I think also just... The, the the episode itself is just a symbol of urgency, the way things kind of we move through things quickly. And, and I, I get the reference that you made earlier, Nate, that things might feel a little, for lack of better words, it's slower. It feels a little slow at times. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think, though, again, this is great to continue from the from the last story. This these last three episodes feel a lot closer in timeline like this one feels like it picks up right at the end of the last episode as they're escaping, right? Yeah. So, you know, in the earlier episodes, everything felt like very loose in terms of timeline. Feel Now everything feels like it's just like right after one another. In terms right, of which the we, events. we kind of expected that to yeah. kind of occur, the right? The snowball, snowball might be happening, effect. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, yeah. 
What about yourself, Joints? Uh, I thought it was a, a really cool episode, and I know you guys were saying the pacing kind of felt a bit off, but it, it just made me think of a total Western movie, and that's, you know, very inspired where Cad Bane came from true. type thing. So it really fit the, the tone for that, for the episode, I thought. So I thought it uh, was a really interesting way that they're telling different stories through this animated platform. Like, they keep taking different routes, and like you said, it's starting to all become more interconnected, and I it's only going to go bigger from here, it seems. Hmm. Yeah. Just as a launch pad for that, like I think one thing that I that did stand out for me as well is while the c- continuation of of the story, it is a is also a continuation of that cat and mouse theme that I think we were kind of really talking about in last week's episode. Uh, so it, it's kind of nice that that's part of the continuity. Just as you're discussing this this Western theme that that kind of ties into that, right? You know, just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, individuals after one another, right? So oh, yeah. and I don't know who called it though last week. And I know someone called the fact that we would see Fennec Shan go against that. Was it you, Nate? Or was it, right, was it, it you? It, it might have been a, been a collective yes. thing, but you know? I, I feel it, like I feel like good on us for, for calling that Fennec Shan would, would be making a return against Cad Bane. Made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of that aspect to it. Um, but I don't know. This, this episode felt very much like episode 7 did for me a couple weeks ago in that I feel like it still left something to be desired. I, I felt like there were certainly interesting moments that we can chew on, but it feels like seeing, again, like th- such a quick resolve, right? Such a quick resolve to last week's cliffhanger. For me, it felt a little underwhelming that it just cleared up in this one episode. Um, of course, you know, next week's episode, if it continues this week's arc like 8 did for 7, then I think that might, you know, sort of change my feelings on this episode. And again, we talked a little bit about how, you know, potentially watching this and binging it might, you know, obviously will give a, a bit of a different experience uh, and a different feeling for each episode. But I mean, dude, the biggest thing for me, it was it was great to see Cad Bane up against uh, a sequel era character with Fennec, right? Cad yeah. Bane kind of being a prequel era Clone Wars character, Fennec being a newer character. And so it was cool to see these two fight and... uh and we got a lot of it, um, but I mean, it, it sort of just felt like that was the main thing for the episode, and that's, I, that's great. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's I just, the point, though. That I wanted a little. I, <laughs> I, did, I wanted a little bit. I wanted a little bit more of Clone Force ninety nine. I just felt like their presence was missed in this episode for me, and and I just I don't know. I just feel very similar to Episode seven in the sense of in the sense of like it just it just cleared that right up it just it, it this was a big thing that we were all like how this is going to affect the rest of the season and then it just sort of was done in one episode uh, i don't know i feel like with the reveal we get later on in the episode uh, the whole focus of the episode seems much more uh you know like there's a reason to it knowing feloni going forward with those other series and stuff like that so we'll get into that later but i i really think that that again the potential set up by this is is really big for other series, not so much this one, which is why I thought it was really cool. Okay, I and I respect that. I just don't think that makes the episode better necessarily. No, but, for sure, I I agree with yeah. you. I also do think though that as big of a setup as what we're talking about, it yeah, does feel we'll like it, it kind of skirted by. Like there wasn't like a focus on it. There wasn't a big reveal for it. Totally. It was just yeah. like, oh, by the way, I think we were expecting something like that to be handled differently. And maybe it was a little bit softer, but it does have some great implications. And I think it was meant to serve as a way to really embed Omega's fear of Kamino, Omega's fear of what could happen yes. to her if she's mm-hmm. caught. And so I yes. get that. I get that for her character. I just hope that going forward, 
it, it just didn't feel like as it was as impactful as it should have been, or visually it wasn't as impactful as it right. should have been. Right. No, right? I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. Okay. I, I, All right. I, I, there's parts that that I would agree. We'll get Let's to, get we'll into get this plot. Let's get into the plot, you guys. Do this. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the episode begins right where we left the Bad Batch last week, fighting off Crosshair's ship in the skies over Braca, trying to escape the Empire and formulate a plan to rescue Omega from Cad Bane. Now, on the Bounty Hunter's ship, Omega wakes up in a cell, of course, with the, the big red force field, which is never good in Star Wars. Uh, and some classic <laughs> Western music plays again when Cad Bane arrives, climbing down uh, to check on his asset, as he calls it. Uh, Cad Bane then checks in via hollow with his Kaminoan client, Prime Minister Lama Su. They arrange a rendezvous at an abandoned facility on Boravayo, uh, and Nalase insists on being the one to retrieve Omega and give the credit to Cad Bane. However... Lama Su tells Nalase that her interest in Omega has caused enough trouble. So instead, he's sending Tan Wei instead. And Tan Wei, of course, we met in episode, Star Wars Episode 2, the uh, Attack of the Clones. Now, once Omega is retrieved, Lama Su tells Nalase that she's going to be terminated once her genetic material is extracted. <gasps> On the Bad Bat, right? On the Bad Bat ship. Echo explains that Cad Bane's notoriety during the Clone Wars uh, was the fact that he had a, a lot of run-ins with the Jedi and uh, his attempt to, to kidnap then-Chancellor Palpatine. Uh, Tech explains why the Kaminoans want Omega back so badly, because it turns out she's not just a clone. She has pure first-generation DNA from Jango Fett. Now, while other clones were modified with accelerated growth, strength, and skills from Django's DNA, Omega is a genetic replica, albeit a female one, and there's only two pure genetic replica clones known to exist, Omega and Alpha. Uh, in this case, we learn, of course, is Boba Fett. Okay, so we got confirmation here, guys. We finally got some confirmation on everything that I think us and the entire internet have been speculating. I want to know, what did you guys think of this reveal that Omega is the only pure, uh, other pure genetic replica? And do you think hearing Boba Fett's name means we'll get to see the Alpha meet the Omega? Darcy, oh. we'll start with you. Uh, so immediately uh, when I was watching that scene, uh, my brother happened to be in the room as well. And I kind of turned to him and he's like, holy crap, she's Boba's sister. Like that is the only way you can look at it that they are they are siblings to the like more so oh, than you know the rest of the yes. generations of clones. So that immediately make, led me to believe like there's got to be an interaction at some point between these two characters because and, you can't just throw that out there and then not do anything about it. Like it seems well, and brother and sister is such a Star Wars thing to it, do. It really oh, is right? so, so good. It's, so yeah, good. I got I got chills when that reveal happened, and I thought it was really cool uh, the way it came about, and they kind of just. Like text, like oh yeah, it's no big deal, and they clearly they all realize how like how important that is. I, I they they clearly do, but I, I think this is the scene that I think felt like it just kind of like it it means a lot to the audience, but it didn't really mean much to them. The way that information was passed was very passive. Like I feel like this if this was live action, there would have been a build up to this this moment of having the reveal that oh. Boba Fett has a sister but you know this this meant a lot to to us the fans who get to see like okay this is huge like this is huge implications and and like but I, I just for the future of Star Wars and what Filoni potentially is going to do like come on like yeah. this could be this could be really cool yeah this could uh, fix a lot of things <laughs> well it could fix a lot of things but yeah. I think it also it just it introduces so much more like it just goes to show how 
you know, whether it's Filoni and, and the amazing Star Wars like writing team that he has and, and the, the sort of like, you know, ideation and the process of coming up with these things, it's just they're really treating Star Wars as like an open book that they can just take existing things and really expand on it. Like just just go yeah. further than any fan who's like, well, that doesn't make any sense that Boba Fett has a sister. He has a sister. It's cool. It's a fantasy <laughs> realm. Like sh- anything yeah. can happen. Anything can go. What I thought yeah. was really cool is that it's it's like if that's the only thing special about Omega, like maybe we'll find out later on that there's a bit more to her than just being the Omega to Boba's Alpha. Uh, I just think it's really cool that if she is just the Omega, then nothing special about her except her being Generation One. Now that just goes to show that you can tell a really interesting Star Wars story without having any reference to a Jedi, because that's mean, it, yeah. it's really cool. Maybe. I think it's really neat. I I mean. Going again, going forward, we may find out that there's more to, uh, than just this generation one thing about her. But mm. if not, I'd still be really satisfied because again, it's there's still so much potential there so for much. for everything to go she forward matters. in Star Wars. Yeah, she, she matters really does. far more than Even just without, being Ray. You know yeah, what I mean? but, like, but we also see how she matters in different ways, right? right? We see that we see that to Lama Sue, she's important for one reason, and to Nala Say, I think she's important for a very different reason and that's why they're kind of going up against each other oh yeah it, it does seem kind of odd though that they don't like why aren't they trying to track down boba fett is it actually easier to track down a girl protected by four rogue clones than it is like a lone teenager or is he just that good at what he does they're, well both these she was technically their property she was already theirs right like they right. they have lost her boba's probably just you know he's mia bro yeah well totally. he's like it's it's the uh, he's probably been like off their records for the last, you know, two or three years at, at this point. So, like, they, it'd be harder to track down that basically cold case leads where he's off doing who knows how many jobs with his little crew he put together. Whereas Omega, they know that where who she's with and that these four tend to make a scene wherever they go because of their characteristics. They, they can't stop being the soldiers that they are. So, I feel like that's a big, a big draw as to why they're like, we can get her. Who cares about the first one? And they probably yeah. feel with Crosshair's connection that, you know, he's going to have an easier time tracking getting that them, done, man. tracking yeah. them, even though he, he's, he hasn't been this, this I, I honestly think season, that but. I think that she's probably been engineered because they lost Boba. Because remember, Django said, I want a son of my own Completely with no clear. genetic enhancement. Yeah. So Boba was Django's property. But they said, hey, well, you know what? We, we can't rely on Django being around forever. And, you know, we're, we, Boba is, is his. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll take a little bit of his and, and make another clone. And yeah, it's pretty hard to, like, you know, make a clone out of someone who's lost their head, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing, too, is the, the fact that, uh, like, they, Boba... Want, or sorry, Django wanted uh, the son right away. I almost feel like, you know, they agreeing to that would have some stipulation where like, well, yes, you get one of the first ones, but we'll also make a first one for ourselves type thing. And mm. so like, I feel, what if Django knew about that? What if it's in his chain code that we see later on that if Boba and other stories oh, we that see that cool. pop up later Interesting. and stuff like that like, again, so much... live action Darcy that's what, that's what I've been thinking about like, again, that, reveal, oh, that reveal is God. all that I su- sets up is that there's there's a connection that the book is of Boba just Fett. dying to be made basically wow yeah. okay all right, I think we'll there's see a how... lot yeah, yeah there's yeah, a lot. We'll get more into it later it. on for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one, one last thing though. Okay, go ahead. I think <laughs> the biggest thing here about this whole situation and that they haven't done and that is still a mystery is why is she a girl? If she is a clone, she had to have been mixed with someone, right? Like, mm-hmm. do, like you can't. You he wouldn't. They wouldn't have been able to pull a female 
they clone to get a walk. from his. They would need to mix it. I don't know how genetics it. works, Justin. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> they could technically do it. You know, XY chromosomes are what males have, whereas females are XX. So they can just duplicate the X and stick them together. But in our reality, that doesn't work because you need certain genes are only on the other side of the allele or exactly. the pair that goes together. So oh, right. it'd be interesting if, they, again, they're, they're genetic masters. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're altering of that Y chromosome into an X somehow made her much more than just another clone type thing. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. We can move on now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we squashed that theory for Justin. Uh, all right. Well, listen, back on Cad Bane's ship, Omega successfully convinces droid Toto 360 to let her out of her cell so she can help him fix his leg. Uh, she fixes his leg, but she also shuts him down temporarily so she can find her comm device. Uh, she finds it just in time as the ship lands at an abandoned Camino facility on Boravayo. Omega manages to get a weak signal to uh, the Bad Batch before Cad Bane finds her and smashes her comm device. Then, Toto360 informs them another ship has arrived, and they turn the corner to see Tan Wei lying on the ground dead. Fennec Shand above her, holding a, the case of credits that she was going to use to pay uh, Cad Bane, and there's a brief standoff between Fennec and Cad Bane before the first of several fights ensue. Now, meanwhile, Omega is still cuffed and she runs into the abandoned Camino la- Camino and Labs and sees a circle of large test tanks with specimens still inside. Nearby, she finds a computer and works to bring the facility signal back up so the Bad Batch can find her. Elsewhere, Fennec briefly knocks out Cad Bane and finds Omega. She tries to tell her that she's, you know, trying to help her and that the Camino and Prime Minister wants her for nefarious reasons. Omega gets away by knocking over a gross specimen tank onto Fennec, uh, and then she runs outside uh, to head to one of the flight pod decks. So, guys, let's talk about a few things here. I want to know, you know, Boravayo shows us the abandoned Kaminoan cloning facility in the skies instead of where we usually find them, which is in the sea. Uh, what did you think of the setting for this episode? Uh, what did you think of, obviously, all the different fights that we see with, with Cad Bane and Fennec Shand? And the last thing I want to know is, you know, was I right? Is it, were, were we talking about, is this a reference to Snoke with the old cloning tubes? You know, was I right all along is what I'm trying to get across here. Uh, so just to talk about, uh, the setting off the bat, I thought Let's it was perfect it. because it's, you know, again, talking about the Western theme felt like a very ghost town vibe with all that dust yes. and debris around. It was yes. again, picking up on that, the Western vibes totally. And it leading into that, that standoff between oh Fennec and, uh, Cad Bane, just playing it up even more. It felt like your, your classic Western movie where it's just, you know, the two bounty hunters are fighting over their one you know, asset type thing. A hundred percent. The setting is what added to that Western vibe. And I also like that it felt like a continuation again from the graveyard. Yeah. And I got a lot of Bespin vibes from it. I loved how yes. you, yeah, you totally. could really, right? Because, I mean, it's in the clouds. But also, like, yeah. you could see it had the same design and interior. Even the doors were the same as what we see on Camino. Mm-hmm. But it all felt very Jurassic Park 3 for me in that, like, you know, normally, <laughs> normally, <laughs> it's a weird call out. But normally, we see this, like, stark white interior. And so to see it all discolored and rusted and, and broken, it's just crazy to see how long they've been cloning for. I mean... Where are the other clone types from before Django? Like, we kind of saw a few of them in here, but I don't know, man. That was, I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. It was really neat. Uh, what, what raised the question is like, uh, if you look into the uh, Kaminoan history of how their planet became the ocean planet, like, it went through an ice age that melted, and that, like, they used to be a completely normal 
on-ground civilization suffered this like world-ending event and then adapted by mutating themselves into these clones to survive in the sea environment. So oh, wow. it leads me to wonder is like what if the like there's always been a very scientifically advanced race. So what if the, like this they are known for just basically like eradicating or planet's resources to the point where it, it collapses in on itself. Like we saw this one is looks like it's been ravaged by dust storms and who knows if that's, you know, healthy and stuff like that. Uh, and do you think space. they genetically do you think they genetically changed like altered themselves like were they ugnots originally is that what you're trying to tell me <laughs> who knows they stretch, the they stretch themselves out <laughs> who knows like you said they've been doing this cloning stuff for so long and like they they yeah. started they started experimenting on themselves to help prolong their existence because wow. they were suffering other things like that's yeah. cool it's that's very seems- interesting to see how it how that planet fell into ruin like was were right. they just drying or sucking the resources dry and stuff yeah. like that why is an abandoned station like to mm-hmm. your point like what what forced it to to reach that point I also think that what you're describing is is very telling to the sort of science of the of the Camino people. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they are about not necessarily just you know engineering clones, but enge- engineering better versions of themselves. It, it mm-hmm. feels like that would be very fitting. And, and if that was a bit of a a reveal in this in this sort of tank moment that we saw, where it's like you know that that is very much that. But I definitely got Snoke vibes as well because it's it's definitely the visual of of the canisters that we've now seen three times. Obviously with 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 the rise of the Skywalker, then in in the Mandalorian season two, uh, and now here. Uh, and it does make me think now too. Could Snoke be like some sort of little bit of Camino sort of DNA? Like I mean, I just have to jump. I'm just sorry. Just really quick. What episode is this, guys? It's episode, it's episode, it's episode nine. nine. I know it's the it's same. Episode as the nine, nine. Yeah, the I first know. time we saw this exact imagery in Rise of Skywalker. So I mean, come on, you, they, they cannot be trolling us this hard to say like that has nothing to do with Snoke. Like, of course it has to do with Snoke. Well, I, I don't on. know. I'm not going to go down like the Snoke Mephisto train, but like I feel like <laughs> I feel like I feel like though the this idea of cloning being so much more important to the Star Wars universe, I kind of dig. It's kind of interesting, right? So maybe there are Snoke connections. Uh, but I feel like that'll be an after the fact type thing because yeah. the fact that in the sequel trilogies that we see and uh, all the stuff that we had set up or in Mandalorian stuff like that, we're not seeing any Kaminoans no, cloner, the no. cloners. So I'm just wondering if like maybe the events of the Bad Batch leads to the Empire deciding to eradicate them and like yeah. just destroy yeah. that, and then maybe after the fact, Emperor Palpatine finds like comes across these yeah. d- d- derelict uh, cloning facilities and gets the idea of oh, maybe I can actually use this to my own gain type thing. And that's yeah. where he's so set back in the, in the basically the grand scheme of cloning. Because it seems like when we saw a clone and uh, Snoke and stuff like that, the multiple in the tank just seems very haphazard, slapdash, thrown yeah, together type yeah. thing. So it yeah. seems like it was, like, again, an after the fact where he didn't go to the Kaminoans at first because he had decided to get rid of the Kaminoans for some reason. Right, no, I think he's, I think he's stealing their technology 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and especially, yeah. And, and but even maybe this older technology, right? Because it yes, looks that's very what I'm different saying. than yeah. what we see on Kamino. Right, yeah. and he right? also, like, if you look at Snoke, like, he is tall. So, like, my yeah. thing is, is, like, if what if he is somehow, when he was designing it, he thought using their DNA would help mixing it into the pot of whatever he was making for Snoke? Because I'm sure he had specimens that mm-hmm. might have been Kevin Owen that he could have used, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're batching on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's okay, honestly. Like, and again, this that's the big thing that we kind of talked about, uh, you know, at the, uh, earlier in this episode was the idea that, like, there's a lot for the audience to kind of react to, but it felt like it wasn't really that integral or important to the characters that were actually on screen. But I do want to just say, 
going back to Fennec and Cad Bane, it was cool to see Fennec Shand really holding her own against this, I think, you know, ultimate, uh, probably uh, apex predator right. uh, over her. So I thought that was super cool. When you first hear the blaster shot and see Tonway fall, I, again, after seeing the Boba Fett or hearing the Boba relation earlier, I'm like, oh my God, are we going to get Boba Fett already type thing? Yes. Dude. Seeing Fennec come out was still a really cool thing because, again, we saw Cad Bane, like the old guard of bounty hunting, looking down at this uh, rookie being like, you can't do anything against me. Do you know who I am? And then her going on to stand and hold her own against him really goes to cement like her where she is in her career right now and just how much stronger she can get from this, basically. Like you described it best, Nate, I, you know, seeing uh, a prequel character that's lived primarily in the animated world make contact with a sequel character who made their first appearance in live action. Like, this is really cool. Like, this is yeah, a man. cool moment to see. And I think this is the highlight of the episode. That being said, though, I, I thought it was interesting when... Uh, Cad Bane lifted his hat and, and part of his head was metal. Yes. So I, like, uh, I'm wondering if the Boba thing that you've already... The animatic from last week, yeah. ...has already happened. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah. that, he didn't have that before, right? No, like, that's... They uh, made a point to really like point that out. And I was like, that's weird. Did he well, always have like, that there? Yeah, no. Like if earlier in the episode when he first leans over to talk to uh, Omega in the cell, he kind of tips his hat and you get the flash of it. But then when he gets blown off, like the hat gets blown off and you see it's the whole side of his head. Like I... like. I totally thought like he's he's fought Boba already and Boba left him for dead thinking he had already yeah. won. So again, that's setting up for another potential battle again Dude, in the future. Yeah, like the book let's, of Oh yeah, the book of Boba Fett has some some big things that it could potentially have. I'm I'm totally with you. Like, I'm saving it. I'm yeah. saving it and, though. And it's and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Nothing we say is gonna no, for sure. happen in that but series. I like, but... I like, I like. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to geeking yeah. out with you guys because I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page. Let's get oh, through 100%. this, Nate. Come yes. on, dude. Watch Club Book of Boba Fett announced now. Uh, Omega escapes in one of the flight pods, but then the pod's engine begins to fail, uh, putting the pod in a you know terrifying drop. Uh, just in time, the Bad Batch arrive, catching the pod and getting Omega out safe and sound. Uh, All the trauma catches up to her, and Omega hugs and cries into Hunter, asking, why is this happening to her, and and why why the Kaminoans are are after her? He tells her, you're valuable to them, more than all the others. You're different. While Cad Bane has now lost his bounty and his credits, he also finds his ship has been sabotaged so that he can't leave the planet. On Fennec's ship, she contacts Nalase, who says, as long as Omega's not in the hands of Lama Sue, then she's safe. Later on, the Bad Batch ship, uh, you know, sorry, later on on the Bad Batch ship, Omega confides in Hunter about the stress she's still feeling after a traumatic experience. I keep thinking about the Kaminoans and that place, she says. I don't want to end up being an experiment in a tube. I like how she says tube. (laughs) Tube. Uh, (laughs) She tells Hunter the Kaminoans will keep sending bounty hunters after her and that the Bad Batch can't fight them all. And he says, you are never going back to Kamino. I promise. Uh, so, guys, do you think this line here, this little line where Omega mentions, you know, that many bounty hunters will be continuing to hunt her, um, do you think this is where we get the rest of the season? Or between this and getting more jobs for Sid, could they make this into another entire season of the show? I mean, we're kind of getting a lot of what the Mandalorian started to set up doing, which was this idea of constantly being hunted by different bounty hunters as these characters go on do you think we're going to see more of that throughout the series or do you think we're going to get another season because of it uh you know what do you guys think i definitely wouldn't be surprised to see cad bane return he's not one to let something like that 
you know, slip without really retaliating. I feel like he's definitely right. going to want to try and track down his bounty and get what he's just owed, basically. For sure. So I would, like, at least him, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing others too. Again, we've already mentioned Boba a couple times. So I'm sure him hearing something to do with, you know, his birthplace, he might, you know, get a bit interested if it, you know, goes through channels and eventually reaches him. So I, hope so. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we got more bounty hunters going on and it's the Bad Batch trying to uh, outwit them as they try and find a little safe haven or safe, uh, try and find a little safe haven for themselves in the galaxy mm, for sure yeah because mm. like I, i'm sure now especially with the fact that who knows if they're going to go back to sid right like i, I wonder After if this, now yeah. i wonder if now they they try to really lay low um and who knows who else will we'll see i hope it doesn't become a bounty of the week sort of thing like a bounty hunter that that's chasing them i hope it, i hope that right. if it does at least there's there's some sort of interest around it very much like this episode was like you know they weren't really the focus the bad batch but the the bounty hunters were so i I can appreciate that if they if they kind of filled out this series um i don't know i i I think that the i'm wondering though is is does this show have the longevity for for a season two is this really just a season that can actually set up things really Mm. yeah and i i just but that's the big thing justin is just i feel like like, I just hope we don't have a lot of these moments where it starts to feel like setup and then it just doesn't, nothing comes of it. You know what I mean? Or or even if it is set up, um, much like this episode, if it's set up that isn't, that's maybe felt for Star Wars overall, yeah, that's but not I mean, as much yeah. for these characters, right? right? And so yeah. that's, the, that's just the big thing. It's like, I, I appreciate that and I love it. Like, obviously, we're freaking out about, you know, test tubes for the majority of this podcast. Um, but at the same time, I... I I kind of just really wanted to see another story with with Clone Force ninety nine and and Omega interacting. So um, hopefully we'll obviously we'll get that more next week. Um, but guys, wrapping up the plot on this one, I want to know what are your overall thoughts and your final score for this episode. Uh, which for this episode, and you might want to write it down, Justin, because I know you have a hard time remembering these. Uh, we're going to be rating it on a scale of one to five: old, dead, naked, wet clone bodies. I, I like this episode. I, I liked it because it didn't focus on the Bad Batch. And, it, and it's not because I didn't want to see the Bad Batch. It's just that they found a way to tell a story about other characters in this galaxy while still tying it back to this group yeah. and really focusing on someone like Omega, who we've seen throughout the episodes really get trained in the wits and, and how to be a little bit more attentive to things. And, and that kind of paid off for her in this episode. She was she was very resourceful. So there was some reward out of it uh, for the character uh, itself. And and obviously, like we were saying, seeing Cad and, and Fennec go at it, that you have a character from the past, you know, fighting a new character. It was very symbolic. Some cool stuff that they set up for it. And there's the thematic, the cowboy, cat and mouse, the the ghost town as as Darcy described it perfect example that's the perfect way to describe it it's it was a ghost town uh, backdrop for for this this bounty hunter face off episode I, I got to give this one a four point seven uh, old wow. dead naked wet clone bodies wow. out of five <laughs> like it's just okay. It's much I lo- higher than I thought. I, really, like I honestly, yeah. like I, I, like as much as the the stuff did feel like it skirted by, and it was mm-hmm. just it was more of a rev- huge like <gasps> for us rather than it was for the for the characters of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the 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 way this 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 felt very Star Wars. You know, this felt yeah. like, and I and I'm glad that this is what animated Star Wars looks like. Joints. 
Uh, I'm I'm I liked it a lot too. Uh, maybe not nearly as much as Justin, but I thought it was a really cool uh, way to to explore uh, the way that bounty hunters view them view each other again. Because we we see that a bit throughout the the whole Star Wars as a whole. But again, seeing again, like you said, the like a sequel versus a prequel character really helps anchor it. Like what is going on in that climate too? Because yeah. again, things are changing. Bounty hunters are you know all of a sudden going to be employed by the empire or being employed by more people now. Like it's, yeah. it's a different time and it's a different, it, it seems like bounty hunting is becoming a much more relevant job now. That's why it leads to the prominence mm. that we see in empire where they have the team of, of bounty hunters on the ship and stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool in the way that set up again, the Western theme really hit it home for me too. I thought it was perfect backdrop for Cad Bane to face off with, you know, anyone really it's perfect. Uh, so yeah, I'm probably gonna have to go in with, I think I gave the uh, last episode a 4.5 as well, but I'm doing it again 4.5 old, dead, naked, wet clone bodies, I believe. Nailed is the... it. I think yes. you got it. Okay, yeah. 4.5 out of that stuff. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, I'm going to come in at the... the... I was going to go lower, but, but talking about the visuals and um, the thematic elements kind of brought me up a little bit. So uh, overall, this episode, for again, just like another in between episode and I hope I hope the next episode kind of directly addresses this one to kind of finish off the arc that started on Broca as like a four-part series mm-hmm. I think if they are going to do more than one season um, th- it would be cool to kind of start to get these multiple episode arcs like we started to get in Clone Wars once that series sort of found its footing right uh, ultimately while it was cool to see Bane and Fennec square off it felt like you know, this episode was just to see that happen. And I'm not sure how much of an effect, if any, if it, you know, that it's going to really have going forward, at least for the next seven episodes. So for, for me, as much as I was happy with like the initial pace of the episode, getting to see them like start right off where they did uh, on, on the run from Crosshair, the episode felt it did feel like a misstep to leave Clone Force 99 out of it, at least for me. Um, and I hope I hope Bane or Fennec or at least the Kaminoans show up in the next episode to give some depth to Omega's fears of being hunted. I just hope that that her her fears and her her you know what she says at the end of the episode. I just hope that that doesn't just go away uh, and and feel like nothing. So I'm gonna give this episode three and a half. Uh, they they chopped one of them in half because they were too tall to fit in the tube. Uh, three and a half out of five old, dead, naked, wet clone bodies. Uh, so that is uh, my rating for this episode, guys. Um, let's just let's end on a on a high note here. Uh, with what we think is going to happen, Batch. I'm going to go first uh, this time, only because Darcy already told what I was going to say. <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Totally. No, no, no. But I'm, I'll just reiterate here. I completely agree with you. I think the only thing that I, I just couldn't stop thinking of watching Omega run around this abandoned cloning facility and how everything was dead and rotted is that this is foreshadowing. This is foreshadowing to for what's going to happen to the Kaminoans by the end of the series. And I think... Absolutely. The Empire is going to destroy them. Lama Su, he's a businessman, right? Obviously, he wants Omega because she's force sensitive. He sees an opportunity to manufacture new weapons or Jedi uh, for whatever army is to be created to go up against the army that he just created for the Empire. Um, And so I think at the end of the day, he's a businessman. And so, you know, he's going to follow those rules. And I think that's what's going to be his downfall is he's going to kind of not really be 
breaking the rules as much as he should, or at least as much as uh, as, as Nala say might do. Uh, so I think that's going to be Camino's downfall, and I think it would just make what an incredible ending it would be to see that entire water planet just get blown up in one big spectacular explosion. I just think that would be awesome. But do they have the Death Star yet? Or maybe they could be testing something. That would be interesting. No, maybe, they're, maybe they're testing something, right? Yeah, they, anyway. they've been working on those with the weapons at least for a long right. time, so I wouldn't be surprised okay, you batches, batches, give me, get, blow my mind with something, you batches. Well, tell me uh, tell me what you think is going to happen. Not so much a prediction, because I've already said that a lot of what I thought prediction-wise is more setting up for a future series and stuff like that. Uh, but right. looking at, like, just looking back at the past, uh, earlier episodes about how they were very you know, broken up and very sporadic. It got me along the lines of thinking that Star Wars loves having that, those rooms, those gray areas where we haven't explored. So it kind of makes sense Mm. that they spent the first half of the series uh, just, you know, spacing out these adventures so that down the line they could tell more adventures from that same timeline without it being too disjointed. Because it seems like there was, like you said, more time had passed between those episodes than these more recent ones where they're very quick, fire succession so yeah just thinking about that makes me think that again like they they like giving themselves room to tell more stories so it's cool if they're we're going to get maybe flashback episodes like clone wars did where they'd pick up in the middle of the episode maybe we'll get to see where that one episode picked up and they'd finished the job maybe we'll get to see that job in a later series or something like that you know it's just it's cool what they're setting up again this is a very big setup episode for for sure star wars as a whole yes yeah well listen batch I like all my predictions really don't have anything to do with the rest of this series. I I do think you guys are right. I think it would be cool if they did actually ended this season with the eradication of the Camino planet and the Camino people and everything. So that would be intense. But I honestly believe that everything that we've seen here is definitely planting for Book of Boba Fett. Like, let's say, for instance, Cad Bane and, and Boba Fett already had their interaction. I think we will see that in live action. I think that will be part of the book totally. of Boba Fett and telling his story. Because I think that that's kind of the idea around the book of Boba Fett. Like the story of Boba Fett. Because we, Tamora Morrison has already confirmed that we will be seeing how he got out of the Lazarus Pit. Or sorry, the... Sarlacc Pit. Sarlacc Pit. <laughs> Thinking of Rachel Gould gets out of the last yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got we got my got my killers mixed up. Anyways, um, so I think that that the series is just going to kind of focus on that, and it would be interesting to see Omega. And now you know, knowing while Fennec Shan is tied to Boba, and where we see her, you know, at the end of the Mandalorian, and seeing how kind of like how she's kind of looking out right now for for Omega, his sister. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's like uh, mm-hmm. like it's like six degrees of separation in a certain sort of sense, right? But like, yeah. who knows if she'll ever find out? That will be some sort of realization in in the live action. But I I honestly think that animatic of him getting just establishing how Boba Fett got the shot in the head, the dent, the dent. Yeah. I think that that like you need to see that live action. That'll be dope, right? Especially if it's Cad Bane. Yeah, it's a pivotal point in Boba's chat like story, so you need to yeah. see it at some point. And to see Cad Bane in live action in in a book about a bounty hunter, I think will be something that won't just happen there. He might come back. He might be the enemy to Boba. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So you're saying the the book of Boba Fett will very much be chapters that are that live in that gray area. It's going to be a prequel series and i mean that means kevin's not going to enjoy it but um <laughs> I, I think it's going to go back it could be a forth, sequel though. yeah prequel sequel like we'll see what he does after he takes over jabba's place cool. as well as seeing how he got there in the first place yeah Again, I'll take both. just because I'll take it both. hasn't existed in star wars doesn't mean it can't be done but i would love to see 
let's say, the first episode of Book of Boba Fett start with how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. And then, boom, yeah. cut to current times. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's a lost. It's like it shifts you through different points of the character's life to tell you the stories. I think that Star Wars could, could use a little bit of that, even though that they've never really sort of done that in, in any of their stories to kind of go back and forth in, in, in the time, time frame. It's, it's always like you're hearing it in present time as a story that was told, right? Think about how we learned mm. about Darth Vader and, and right. the story through Ben and, and New Hope. We, never, we didn't see the prequels until the prequels, unfortunately, came. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just one more thing, too. It's a little, you know, more of a fanboy, fanboy prediction that I know is very, very far stretched. But uh, this entire series, I've been wondering when Omega is going to get her own set of armor. She's very naked out there on these missions, just running around in her, her basic clothes. It seems like they, that you'd want to protect such a valuable asset or member of the team. Uh, and earlier in the series, when we see them going through or looking through all the helmets at Sid's place, we see the white Mandalorian helmet. And, you know, learning about that Boba connection, it'd be like, what if she puts on a white set of Mandalorian armor? What if she's the white Boba Fett? Like, it, it's just, wow. again, that'd be oh, a really man, cool thing. Oh, my okay. God, okay, that's all right. cool. That was, that's that was cool. worth it. That was yeah. worth letting you talk one more time. Yeah, uh, I just I had I realized, I realized that was the one thing I wanted to say over this whole episode, yeah. and got distracted talking about everything else I wanted to say in this. Episode. I love that. I love, I love that. that. I hope idea. I hope if, they I hope they cut seriously deep and do exactly yeah. that. That would be dope. We get the Ralph McQuarrie armor on Little Omega, and, and mm-hmm. you know what? To Nate's point, it's perfect. None of this is going to happen. So nope, none of, <laughs> oh, yeah, none totally, of it's going to totally. happen. But it's fun to um, speculate. That's why it's yes. so much fun being a fan of Star Wars. If yeah. Filoni's listening and he hears this for whatever reason, it just comes across, and he's just like, "Yeah, that'd be great." Dave, we're happy to to work with uh, Damon Lindelof, and we'll develop the flashback style book of Boba Fett. But uh, <laughs> that is it for our ninth episode of Watch Club uh, for Star Wars: The Bad Batch. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode uh, of Watch Club, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, listen. You don't have to run away from two bounty hunters or become an experiment in a tube. Justin, can you let our listeners know how to reach us? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. I mean, I just think it's cute how she says tube. I don't, I'm not yeah. making fun of it. I think all, everyone from that, that, that continent says tube. That's just how they speak. I love it. I love it. And I love all of them. I love all of them. And they're all wonderful. Uh, keep in mind, we have another watch club happening right now for Marvel's Loki Darcy, did you get a chance to catch that episode three? Yes, and it surprisingly it felt a lot like this episode and that it had uh, much bigger ramifications than was contained in the episode. So I, I really enjoyed it because I'm, I'm the type of guy who loves speculating off of these small little things. So it was Dope. two thumbs up in my book. Very cool. Justin, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, good, good soldiers, soldiers follow, follow orders. orders.